What is up, IDP Army? It's your man, Jordan Reigns, at 50 Shades of Drunk. Joined today by our friend from the Offensive Points podcast, Joe Wiggins. How's it going, Joe? It's going well, man. How are you doing? Good, good. Joe and I are going to be breaking down three of our favorite stacks for underdog fantasy going into this next year in this video. Um, we're not going to be, no, it's not going to be like a crazy deep dive or anything like that. <clears throat> but we just want to let you guys know that these are some stacks that are going pretty cheaply and we think can return a lot of value. I do a lot of underdog drafts. Joe does a lot of underdog drafts. They are one of our sponsors of this channel, of the brand. So click on the link in the description. Hop in an underdog draft now. Um, let's hit this intro and we'll break them down for you guys. We are back. Like I said, today's show is going to focus on underdog fantasy. Go check out all of our other shows, though. A lot of IDP rankings went up over the last couple of weeks. We are doing team and division previews right now. We just uploaded the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Raiders team previews. I got some stuff ready. I think the Jets are up as well. Got the a, uh, got the uh, Eagles going up soon, the Cowboys going up soon. So a lot of good stuff going on the channel. I think this is probably the third video that's going to go out today. We are very busy, but it's good to be on here with Joe. Um, yeah. So uh, how have your underdog drafts been treating you so far this year? Oh, it's been awesome, man. I've been – if I'm not working or doing anything, if I'm watching TV or just, you know, messing around on the computer or something, I am doing an underdog draft. Ton of strategies. I'm, I'm finding a lot of good stuff. There is a ton of value out there right now that people are just sleeping on, absolutely sleeping on, and uh, I'm snagging that up. Now, I'm sure come August – we won't be seeing that as much, but right now I love the value you're getting. Always doing drafts this time of year. Yeah, a couple of guys that I have been taking a lot. I know Gabriel Davis, he's kind of a, a player everyone talks about in fantasy now, but I mean, we were taking him. I'm sure you were taking him when you could still draft him well into the 30s on underdog. <clears throat> right now he's like running, he's like wide receiver 21 or something like that. So yeah. uh, that's no longer like a great pick anymore, but uh, there's still players available. Some of them we're going to talk about right here available on Underdog Fantasy that are being way, way, way undervalued. So, like I said, do us a favor, subscribe to this video, join our Patreon so you can support us, join an Underdog Draft that will support us as well, and try and get some of these stacks we are about to talk about for uh, your fantasy teams going this year. Uh, Best Ball Fantasy is what's up. So let's just go ahead and open it up. Our first stack, okay, it's, it might shock you, okay, but it's Patrick Mahomes being drafted right now on Underdog. ADP 49 overall, almost the fifth pick. So that's Lena or fifth round, late fourth, uh, maybe sometimes in the fifth. QB three. People are taking Josh Allen and Justin Herbert ahead of Patrick Mahomes this year. He adds Juju. He loses uh, Tyreek Hill. Juju is the player that I like in to stack Patrick Mahomes with. Also available in that five six round area. <clears throat> sometimes uh, current ADP on underdog is 54.9 overall. That's wide receiver 27. You're allowed to draft Patrick Mahomes as, you know, de facto number one receiver. This is the second year that the Chiefs tried to get him onto the team as a wide receiver three in fantasy football. Um, to me, this, this is not going to continue to be available to you as a, as a stack option. 
And when you can get guys who have the upside, in my opinion, I'm, I'm curious what you think, Joe, to actually finish number one overall at both of their positions, um, and you don't really even have to pay a true premium for either of them. What are your thoughts on this? And do you think Juju is going to uh, rise through the ranks, especially as training camp starts coming out and we start getting little snippets and tidbits? Yeah, I think we're going to start hearing a lot of good things about Juju. I mean, listen, the value you're getting at him at is awesome. He has not had a true alpha in this offense since Antonio Brown or in with an offense in an offense with him since Antonio Brown. Big Ben was slow. The line sucked. Juju never had a chance to run his routes uh, in Pittsburgh. Kansas City has 345 vacated targets from 2021. We know MBS is not going to be a target sponge in this offense. And I really don't see any way that Andy Reid trusts throwing a rookie Sky Moore directly into the fire here. So Juju and Kelsey are your dogs in this offense. I do expect them to feature the run a little bit more heavily in 2022, but there is still a lot on the plate for Juju and the potential is there for him to absolutely outperform his ADP and be a tremendous value, especially paired with, I still think he's the best quarterback in the league. You can tell me it's Josh Allen. I still think it's him. Um, I'm not going to argue because I think that they're both awesome. I mean, you're just, I mean, it's like pick your poison. They're both incredible, top of the top tier. And I bet if they go head to head 500 times, you know, one wins 250, the other wins 250. Yeah. I just think that we're forgetting, you know, Juju Smith Schuster as a true sophomore, 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns. He's never even had a double digit touchdown season in his five year career in the NFL. Now he goes to the best quarterback in the league, a guy who is first year starting through 50 touchdowns. Okay. We forget this last year, injured, zero touchdowns, um, and it was Big Ben, you know, so we already kind of knew it wasn't going to be great. Reverse back two years ago, it wasn't even Big Ben. It was Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges or whatever, Duck Hodges, uh, still was able to, you know, pull 97 targets in from these guys, but who cares? Nine touchdowns, actually a career high with that crap-ass, you know, quarterback play, and people still, you know, coming into last year and want to go back three years, you know, the Big Ben, First kind of year where he had didn't have A.B., we forget he struggled with injury that year. Only played 12 games, okay? So it's easy to write off Juju because we we forget that in 2018, uh, had 166 targets, 1,426 yards. He could get 166 targets from Patrick Mahomes this year. And if that happens, I mean, it doesn't – I don't understand why it couldn't. Maybe couldn't, you know, maybe it won't go that high. 130, 140 still makes sense you know, especially as the type of receiver he is, with the touchdown upside that we know Patrick Mahomes brings to the table, in my opinion, a wide receiver 27, a wide receiver three on your team, and if you go heavy wide receiver, he's a flex. That's a that's a smash every time on underdog fantasy for me. So, um, yeah, that's our first stack. Any final thoughts before we go to our second stack? Yeah, I mean, for the uh, dynasty lovers out there, which we get a lot of this year, he's only 25 years old. <clears throat> You don't, you don't think of Juju being that young, but he's only 25. So even if you are an ageist in fantasy football, grab him an underdog at that slot, and he still potentially has room to become a, re a better receiver than we've seen so far in his career. Amen, amen. Again, only 25, exactly. There was a time, there was a time the Dynasty community talked about Juju Smith-Schuster the way they now talk about A.J. Brown, the way they talk about Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. So... And he's only like one year behind the head of those guys. All right, moving on to our second favorite stack on Underdog Fantasy this year. Um, it's got to be Dak and Dalton Schultz for me. Uh, you know, Dak right now, 
going as quarterback 11 um, doesn't even really make sense to me. Looks like I, I got his – oh, whoop, whoop, went too far <laughs> ahead. Uh, Dalton Schultz going as tight end six. I, I think that the reason I like this stack is because I'm not really trying to stack CD and Dak. Because I can get Dak so late sort of in drafts, um, I, I kind of like to just kind of finesse around and do other things. Uh, and the part of the thing that I like about Dak is he's almost a quarterback too right now, QB 11. Uh, the rushing chops did go down, we do know, because, you know, he came off that injury. But I'm still a huge Dak Prescott believer. And I think the Dalton Schultz uh, connection that he had last year uh, can't really be understated. 808 receiving yards. That's really, really good for any tight end. Eight touchdowns, not like a gaudy, un, you know, unrepeatable number. And he did it only on 104 targets. And I think, I think there's room for him to get more targets in this offense. Uh, a safe player to throw to that trust has been growing. Only his fourth year in the league this past season, which makes sense as a tight end would develop. So what are your thoughts on the Dak uh, Schultz stack? And do you have a lot of this in Dynasty? Or not in Dynasty, an underdog? Because I, I found myself taking this a lot. Sometimes as my, as my number two offense on my team. So like yeah. when I make a team, I might have somebody else stack first. I can get these two guys as a secondary stack on my on my underdog roster. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean you're you're absolutely speaking my language here. On uh on our OP podcast the other day, we went on about this uh for quite a while. So give that a listen for a little bit more depth. But I mean, listen, Dak is healthy and you know, Schultz steps right into, in my opinion, be the number two target in an offense that vacated 205 targets last year with Amari Cooper leaving. So there's a lot of opportunity here. It is absolutely fascinating to me that people are sleeping on Schultz this hard. We were talking about him being a top three tight end um, over Waller and Kittle on our pod. So the everything is kind of being laid in place there for Schultz really to step up. You know, we don't know when Gallup is coming back. James Washington is a solid role player, but he's not going to demand a lot of targets. And Jalen Tolbert's a rookie from a small school. So you know, there's not a whole lot behind him. In five healthy games in 2020, Dak threw for 1,800 yards. If you extrapolate that to 17 games, that's over 6,000 yards. Now, that's ridiculous. I'm not saying he's going to throw for 6,000 yards, but after losing Cooper, he could hit 5K, and Schultz is going to get a lot of that. So that's fantasy gold. I agree with you completely. And Dak's just been getting better, too. You know, it's he's always been pretty good. But the last three years, he really has stepped it up. And, and, you know, as Zeke has stopped, you know, as he stopped having to hand the ball off, you know, the first two downs every, you know, like he did the first year of his career, uh, he, his numbers are going up and his efficiency is staying fairly high. Uh, what do we got here for a completion percentage? Um, uh, last year, 68.8%, highest of his career. And remember when he was touted as a rookie for having such a great completion percentage? He only threw 311 passes that year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or only or only had that many completions. Added 100 more completions this year, 410, and brought it up. So he's literally just like, we're, we're seeing a really interesting place right now, in my opinion, in quarterbacks, where a lot of these guys we know we're going to be good, they're there. Like, they're great now. And Dak at QB 11, in underdog, even though, and I think the reason people are fading him is because last year the rushing was not there like it had been in the past. Still doesn't matter. 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, dropping yep. back to pass almost 600 times. Like he's compensating for the fact that he's not a rushing QB anymore by throwing more. 
And yep. on top of that, he still takes it in around the goal line. Maybe he's not taking those, you know, those big, those big runs, but he still, you know, will take it, tuck it and run, throw his shoulder down. He's still Dak Prescott, the guy that we've come to know and love. Even people that aren't Cowboys fans like me. We, I love Dak Prescott. Literally one of the coolest dudes in the NFL, in my opinion. So I love the stack of him and Dalton Schultz. Like I said, it's a secondary stack you're able to get. Um, yeah, any final thoughts on those two? Yeah, I, you know, redraft, there's a ton of value for these guys to be had here. So, you know, we're talking underdog today. But as you go into your leagues, I mean, these guys are available. I would almost take this one step further and tell you that Tony Pollard is going overall 83 and running back 27th. You know, losing Leo Collins is a big deal for that line there. So I think that Pollard, honestly, you could have a three-way stack with Schultz, Pollard, and Prescott, and I think that could be pretty beneficial, especially in the higher-scoring games that they get this year. I love that. I love what you said there, too, adding a third player to the stack. I love triple stacking. You know what I mean? It's like that's kind of – when I do stack the Bills, it's always I take Josh Allen early, and then in, like, the ninth and tenth round, I get Devin Singletary and Dawson Knox. I'm not worried about – Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis anymore because they're just too expensive to try to make that stack. And it also gives you a unique quote unquote stack because everybody's trying to stack the ones, you know, Josh yeah. Allen with Diggs. So when you go into the playoffs, let's say Diggs gets knocked out early or, or he just doesn't have a good game, you're going to get an edge over a lot of other teams that chose to go that route. Whereas it turns out this is the Dawson Knox, you know, Gabriel Davis game. And you're absolutely right. I mean, everyone's doing the Mahomes, Kelsey, the uh, yep. Diggs, Allen. Everyone's really shooting their shot at the top of the draft. So if you can get that later and add to your wallet of players right there, it's it's always beneficial. Yep, yep, because that, that gives you an out that a lot of people are not going – or a lot of people are circumventing because they are viewing the primary stack as what's going to actually get them there. And we forget in season, you know, a, a good weeks happen to everybody, you know, and bad weeks happen to everybody too. So you, you kind of, you know, in the summertime, you feel safe with some of these guys. And then you get in the season, you're like, Ugh, man, another 17 pointer. Could have gone for a 25er this time, man. You know, and, and some guys just don't do that, you know, and right. it's best ball. So you really, really do kind of want to have some spikes and variation, which again is yep. why I love Singletary. I'm avoiding James Cook, too. I haven't drafted him anywhere in underdog because everybody I, – I mean, like somebody drafts him every draft, but they're always taking him ahead of Singletary. Yeah, I'm just he's like, going real high. It doesn't make any sense to me, honestly. Um, we just did a dynasty draft. I think I had to take Cook in the eighth, and I got uh, Singletary in like the 10th or 11th to follow it up. So I love, that's pretty dude, much I, where people are at on him. Singletary. And people forget he was a dog towards the end of last season. They gave him carries. I mean, and when they started doing it, he warmed up. He heated up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that, I think the bills, I, I, that's kind of my, we're on a side tangent. This is a sidebar stack for you guys. <laughs> the secret bill stack is skip Davis, skip Diggs, Knox, Singletary, Allen. I like Remember that this. one a lot. Remember. All right. We're going to give you all the real one. Now our third stack going in, you might surprise some people. Billy's probably falling out of his chair. I have Kyler Murray in a positive light today. Shocker. Kyler Murray going as QB5, 59.7 overall ADP. A little high for me, but <clears throat> I do still love that he is a running quarterback. So if I am kind of in that area of the draft where I want to take, you know, if Allen's gone and maybe I'm not trying to do the Kirk Cousins build or like the super, super late build, I'll take Kyler because I know he's going to put up the points. And the reason I like taking Kyler is because it doesn't pigeonhole me into anything else for the rest of the draft. 
because A.J. Green is the guy I like to target, to stack him with. A.J. Green right now going as wide receiver 84, pick 194, basically 100% free. Now, I do understand he's, he's going to be 34 this year, uh, but he had 92 targets and 848 yards last year, okay? Only three touchdowns, and I think... Where I want to bring this up is with Hopkins out and all this, if he can bring his touchdowns up a little bit, which I think is a reasonable expectation from three based on 90 targets and who he is, um, you know, maybe a better fit in the offense kind of scenario. I think that A.J. Green is going to be is a great player to target late and to stack with Kyler because, again, he's going to be this player that a lot of people are not chasing or pursuing. I see so many people are in on James Conner this year. I'm not, you know, it's it's gross because he was cheap last year. That's why you loved him, and now he's too expensive. People are still taking DeAndre Hopkins probably a little too high, in my opinion. Um, so I like to go with this very, very late stack. Take Kyler kind of early and then just chill. Take all kinds of wide receivers and all kinds of running backs, anything I want, basically. And then with the last two rounds, I'm able to get a guy who I could foresee having two to three wide receiver one, maybe even top five weeks this next season. And as a free pick, why not? Yeah. No, I mean, that's the beauty of it is it's absolutely free. I mean, you know, getting Kyler, he has enough standalone value. Hopefully he can get his rushing up and kind of return to form there. But this can really bring you a hot start at the beginning of the season here. Um, Green is free, and he can bring you the productive games that Jordan was talking about. I do think we need to temper expectations on this one a little bit because Marquise Brown was added to the offense, and he is Kyler's boy. And Ertz averaged eight targets a game with Kyler when he was playing. And this is understanding that Hopkins is coming back to midseason form. So this is not something that you're going to anchor and expect to be, you know, you're not reaching for green at this one. But if he is available and he is free, he is absolutely valuable and can put up some big weeks for you. Because, I mean, A.J. Green's one of the best. He's done it for a long time. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't had a 1,000-yard season since 2017. We understand it's been a while. But 2018, we know, was uh... – a uh, tough year for him, got cut short. 2019, he missed the whole season due to an ankle injury. Two years ago, Cincinnati was nobody. I mean, like you can just write that whole season off for everybody. But last year, showing signs of life, 848 yards, played all six, played all 18 games, started 16. Again, I, I, I attribute him not having an overly great season more to I don't think Kyler Murray's super great. Um, as a quarterback, um, you know, he obviously couldn't get it to A.J. Green in the red zone. Um, but that's you know here nor there to stack on underdog this year. I am I'm in love because again I can take Kyler and I don't have to worry about stacking him until much much later. I you know take Zachary sometimes now and again. I, I forgot to mention him earlier, uh, but AJ Green is a basically a free pick just to kind of get that diversity because at that point in the draft there's so many players people are drafting that are literally never going to see their lineup, and right. I just feel like why I and mean, people are looking for that moonshot. I'm like. Why not take a moonshot that you actually are projecting to be in your lineup two or three times? You know, a guy like, you know, A.J. Green in a good situation, talented player, et cetera, and just go ahead and, and finish off a nice stack, get yourself a little deviation from everybody else. So um, that's that's why I kind of like A.J. Green. I will say, guys, and guys, sorry, my graphics today, I, I literally, I swear I updated them yesterday, but sometimes when I download them, they like don't bring the saved version onto my computer. So some of these are a little bit uh, like this one says Patrick Mahomes, 59.7. It's supposed to say, obviously, Kyler Murray. That's my bad. Um, but you guys get you guys get the gist of it, especially if you're on the podcast. You don't even know what I'm talking about. You're like, this guy's insane. What is he talking about right now? 
But um, anyway, that's it for you guys and gals today. Like I said, we just want to do a quick video, break down three of our favorite stacks for underdog right now. These ADPs, for some of these players, is probably not going to stay this low. So take advantage now. Go ahead and click the link in the description of the podcast or this video. Get into underdog fantasy now. Um, and go ahead and sign up for the Patreon too. We have some good, we have some really cool things uh, cooking in the background. We're going to announce in the next few days uh, to give you all some more ways to access the content, maybe without just joining the Patreon or whatever. But we still love our patrons. Um, they're actually getting this video first. This live stream is going to the Patreon. Uh, that's one of the perks of being a Patreon member. But uh, we'll save you the shill for all, all that stuff for later. Um, Joe, any final words? Uh, I think, you know, we got a couple more of these uh, stack videos coming out of here. So keep an eye out for those. And uh, it's been a pleasure riding with you guys. Go win your drafts. Woo woo. Let's go. Woo.